This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's stand up and give Jesus a big round of applause. He's the one that's worthy. Amen. He's worthy. Keep clapping. Come on, it's for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated this morning. What a privilege and an honor it is for me to be here. And again, I want to just thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev uh, for this phenomenal opportunity to be in this phenomenal church with a whole lot of phenomenal people. Would you look at somebody right now and just tell them you are phenomenal. You really are. You truly are. And you are blessed to be in this church. Amen. If I could have my way, I'd be in this church as well. Even though I live in Durban, I'd probably come up every weekend to be just in this church. Can you say amen? I want you to open your hearts this morning. It is the month of love, and there's nothing greater, nothing bigger than the love of God. And of course, I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It is the famous love chapter, but I'd, like, I'd love to read it to you in the Passion, Passion Translation. And so it says there in verse 1, if I were to speak with eloquence... In earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with loves. My words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy, nothing wrong with that. With a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets. Wouldn't that be awesome? And if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge... And if I had the greatest gift of faith, nothing wrong with that, that could move mountains but have never learned to love, whoa, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous, right, as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and even offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. And then verse 4 says, love is large. Love is what? Say it again. Love is what? Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to only those who are kind to you, to only those who like you. No, to what? To all. To all, right? It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. And love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. Some of you woke up this morning and perhaps your spouse was irritating you. But what does it say? Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Hmm, interesting. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is actually a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. For it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. And then I want to end by saying, love never stops loving. Would you look at somebody and tell them love never stops loving. Look at somebody else and tell them love 
never stops loving. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to come together in your presence. You said that where two or three are gathered in your name, your name, not our name, your name, that there you are in the midst of them. And today we sense your presence. What an incredible time of praise and worship this morning. And as we did, I thank you that you came because you inhabit the praises of your people. And I pray today, God, that every eye would be off man, off circumstances, off problems right now. Whatever it is that people are facing, Lord, by faith, we direct our eyes upon you. We fix our gaze upon you today, declaring you to be the author and perfecter of our faith. And I want to thank you. Let there be an atmosphere of the God kind of love that comes from heaven right now. That would literally overwhelm every person. That would literally sweep us off our feet. I pray, God, those who have never sampled that love. Those who have never tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Those who have never come to know this incredible love. I pray today for a manifestation of that love in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So it is the month of love. And I'd like to speak to you this morning on the love triangle. Interesting letter I was reading the other day. And these, this is the letter. Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I felt ever since breaking our engagement. Please, please say you'll take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart, so please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Mari. Now, I don't know if there are any Maris and Jimmys here, but this is not about anyone, all right? But there was a P.S. at the bottom of this letter, and the P.S. read, congratulations on winning the lottery. <laughs> Not so sure if she really loves him for who he is or for the money that he just won. But be that as it may, family, it's a really good example of the kind of love that we see floating around in the world today. And that's why I want to make my first statement. And by the way, this sermon is available on the church app. You can follow along with us. The world really has a warped idea when it comes to love, the world. It really has a warped idea. I think it's because of, you know, everything that we've been fed. We, we have Hollywood that influences us. Now we even have Bollywood and Nollywood and every other wood that's out there. We have celebrities, you know, and celebrities, they only stay married for a short space of time. And then they go through about three or four or five or six or seven or whatever marriages because it's, it's hard to love somebody else when you love yourself so much. There's no room to love anybody else, right? But that's the kind of uh, love that we see in the world. And the world thinks actually that love is all about sex. It's all about nudes. It's all about lust. It's all about freedom. Freedom. Just do whatever you want. That's love. And just be. Be whoever you want to be. You're a male. So today, if you feel like being a female, hey, that's cool. No problem. They, it's, called, it's called the genderless society, the generation. And, and so if, if, the, if the next day you want to go back to being a male, hey, that's okay, that's cool. They call them bi-genders, and now there's even tri-gender. So you're neither male nor female, but you're somewhere, I don't know where that is, but somewhere in between. 
non-binary people, but this is actually just, actually, it's a deep-seated desire to be loved. Amen. It's a deep-seated desire to be loved. We use the word love for so many things. Like with my wife, I say, I love you, my wife. There she is, beautiful joy, and she sends her greetings. We use the same word to say, I love my children. Is it the same kind of love? And then we even say, well, you know what? I love my wife. I love my children. I even love ice cream. I love ice cream. Chocolate ice cream, man. And then we bring that into our cars. I love my car. But is it the same kind of love? All right? And we are living in a very sensual and physical generation. It's a generation that really says, I want to see it. I want to hear it. And I want to feel it. Right? But I want to ask today, what does God have to say about love? What does God have to say about love? Because the scripture says in 1 John 4 and 8 that actually God is love. God is what? God is love. God is love. So if there's anybody that is an expert in love, if there's anybody that we ought to pay attention to uh, about what he's saying about love, surely it ought to be uh, 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 what God says. And I want to speak to you this morning about the three kinds of loves. There are actually four in the Bible, but for just uh, all in, uh, sakes and in, intents and purposes, we're going to speak about the three, all right? And I've got a triangle there, and you can see right on the top, there's the cross with the, with the crown of thorns. That's the God kind of love that we're going to speak about, agape. And then you've got there on my right is a whole group of people, which is the filio love, which is the brotherly love. You could attach to that love also the sturgy love, which is a love a parent has for its children. And there on that corner between a married couple, couple is the eros kind of a love. Okay, so let's look at agape love. Agape love, agape love. What is agape love? I've, I've given some words there, and you can see the bottom uh, part of this kind of like pyramid or structure uh, is, tells us that number one, it's an unconditional love, right? And we'll get to those words in just a moment. It's a compassionate love. It's a limitless love. It's a directed love. In other words, God directs it to human beings. It is the willful affection of God that is directed to you, and then it is lavish. And we'll come in just a moment to see what lavish means. And then there is the next, uh, the, the next sort of layer, which is the phileo love, and that is uh, brotherly. There you can see it, brotherly. There it is uh, about friendship, uh, it's about fondness as well. This is the kind of love that we see in the Bible between David and Jonathan, all right? And there is a, a, a devotion. You're devoted to that brother. You're devoted to that sister. And there is also a tender affection. Then we get to the last kind of love, which is the eros love. That is the love that is manifested between two married people, between a husband and a wife. And we see that it is a passionate love. It is a romantic love. Married couple said, amen. It is essential affection love. Amen. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? amen. So I want to talk about these three kinds of love and the relationship that they have. And so if we could just go back to the agape love, and let's talk a little bit about unconditional. Unconditional. Because sometimes... We hear that word, and it just flies right over our heads, and we don't really get the full idea of what unconditional is. And family, I want to tell you, unconditional means that regardless of what you have done, God loves you. He still loves you. 
No matter what you feel or you don't feel, His unconditional love means that He loves you. Regardless of what you believe or you don't believe, God still loves you. So I want you to lift up your hands and say this after me. Regardless of what I've done, God still loves me. No matter what I feel or don't feel, God still loves me. Regardless of what I believe or I don't believe, hey, He still loves me. Amen? And so the truth is that God's love means that there is nothing really that you can do to be loved by God. It's not a love that is acquired. It's not a love that you got it because you deserved it. You're such a wonderful husband. Oh, and you're such a phenomenal parent. And so the love of God comes to you because actually you deserve it. No, a million times no. It is a love that is undeserved. It cannot be produced and it cannot be controlled. And it's just the very expression of who God is. He can't help but love people because God is love. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So that's the unconditional. Compassionate means that there is tremendous. Thank God that some of us aren't ruling uh, the heavens today. Because maybe, you know, there, there might not be so much compassion. There might not be so much mercy. Uh, there might not be so much grace. But God, hallelujah, he's a gracious God. Amen. His mercies never come to an end. His mercies are new every morning. And when that love comes to you and me, it comes loaded with compassion. Hallelujah. I feel right now the compassion of God coming to some of you in this place. And you're having the first taste of compassion, the compassion of God. And then it's limitless. My love for you might run dry. Hmm? Your love for me might run dry, but the love that God has for you will never, ever, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever run dry. It is limitless. And then that love is directed to you. It's not directed to the spotted owl or to some, you know, uh, prehistoric animal that they found the fossil, the bones, whatever. His love is directed to every human being. Whether you are black, whether you're white, whether you are purple, whatever color you are, whatever nationality you are, whatever tribe you're from, whatever culture you're from, whatever language you speak, if you are a human being, then I want you to know that God's love is directed towards you. Hallelujah. Don't, don't worry what people say. And all, I mean, there's lies going out there. God's love is directed towards every human being. And then it's a willful affection, a willful affection. Lastly, that love is also lavish. I want to tell you a little bit about the word lavish. I love the word lavish. This morning, I was fed a lavish bowl of fruit. I said, you guys have taken what I said last night, and literally, you have, you have manifested lavishness. I mean, it was a huge bowl, overflowing, right? But lavish, what does lavish mean? Lavish means extravagant. Hallelujah. Anybody out there? That's the kind of God that you serve, by the way. Lavish means unrestrained. That's why I, I, I can't understand people when they come to clap and praise God. 
This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. They're trying to do as little as possible. Trying to do as little as possible. No, you ought, to, you ought to hold nothing back because you serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. They ought to be unrestrained worship and unrestrained dance and unrestrained shouting and unrestrained, unrestrained worship taking place. That's lavish, extravagant, unrestrained, abundance. Say unrestrained abundance. Say it like you have a bit of faith tonight, today in this place. Come on, one more time. Yeah, and holding nothing back. I like this scripture in 1 John 3, 1. Look with wonder, look with wonder at the shallowness, at the stinginess, at the schnoopness of the Father's Oh, I've got the wrong translation. I apologize. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. Do you know this morning that God has lavished you with His marvelous love? Did you earn it? No. Did you deserve it? No. Did you merit it? No. But that's His nature. Hallelujah. And He lavished you with His marvelous love. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and let's say these next slides together with me. I want you to get that God's love right now. Let's say that all together. Ready? God's lavish love is so excessive that it is marked by unrestrained abundance. Hallelujah. Let's get that next slide. Here we go. It is the abundant outpouring of His favor with unexpected surprises and with unexpected what? And what? Hallelujah. Let's get that next screen up. God's lavish love for me is something that far exceeds even. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, family, those are declarations and confessions that you can take on that church app and you can wake up in the morning and begin to declare that over your life. Noon time, you can say it again. Before you get to sleep at night, say it one more time. Hallelujah. Can you, can you say praise the Lord? Now, let me get to this. Every, it's important to know, every other kind of love flows out of the agape kind of love. Very, very important for you to know. Every other kind of love flows out of the agape love. And when you look at all the kinds of love that they are, it is only the agape love that is the only constant. Every other love is subject to change and is variable. The only constant, the only thing that you can attach and anchor your faith in and know that you will be steadfast, know that your marriage will be steadfast, know that your family relationships will be steadfast, is if you anchor your faith in the agape kind of a love. Hallelujah. And that's why I make this next statement that says agape love is actually the essential building blocks for everything in life. Agape love is the essential building blocks for everything in life, okay? So to do well in your business, you don't need a 30-minute uh, motivational speech and pay like 50 grand for that. All you need to know 
is that if I can get agape love working in my life and letting agape love infuse and flow into every other areas of love in my life, then my marriage and my business and my family relationships will prosper and flourish and only get better and better and better as long as I keep that agape love alive and working and infusing and flowing into the other kinds of love. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look at the world's view of love. This is important, the world's view of love. What is the world's view of love? So I've got some triangles here. And if you see the world's view, they, they take, uh, uh, give me the next slide, which speaks about there on the bottom in that triangle. You see, they base everything on sensual, physical. That's the eros love. That is their foundation. And eros and filio are subject to change. Right at the top, they got agape. And maybe even there sometimes, it's not even God that they've met, but they've met, that they've met creation or they're into whatever it is. I don't know what they're into, you know, but uh, that's the world's view. And then how it translates to you as a person, remembering that the Bible teaches that we are tripartite beings. We are spirits. We have a soul, and, in the, and, 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 the, and the body houses the soul and the spirit, right? And so the world places a lot of emphasis on the body. I've just finished reading a book about being superhuman, and the guy wants to live to 180 years. But it's all about the body. Do this to the body. Give this to the body. Cut this away from the body. Feed this to the body. Body, 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 body. Your body, from the moment you were born, your body started to die. I'm sorry to bring the bad news to you this morning. The good news is that the real you will continue to live. Where it lives is contingent on the decision and choices that you make now here in this lifetime. Can I get an amen? So how does this translate in the world? How do we hear this being vocalized, the world's view of love? Well, you'll hear them say, well, I love you if you love me. Or I I will love you if I can get something out of loving you. What can I get from you? I need something. I've got to get something. I will love you. Well, actually, when I am emotionally connected to you, if I'm not emotionally connected, you know, I can't promise my love for you. Or I will love you when actually, I don't have time right now, but it's when it's convenient for me. That's the world's view of love. Let's look at God's view of love. God's view of love, all right? God's view of love, you'll see the triangles based on agape. That's the structure. That is the foundation. And then, of course, you have out of there the filio and the eros. How does that translate to you as a person? Your spirit man. Where do you, do you receive agape love? In the head? Intellectually? Theoretically? I'm going to go for 10 pH degrees, and hopefully by then I should get to know the agape love of God. I'm going to study Greek, because I heard Pastor John speak about agape. Agape obviously is Greek. Let me, let me get to know the No, it's here. You, the agape love. Your spirit, man. You are spirit, and God is spirit. The only way that you can commune and fellowship and come into union with God is your spirit and God's spirit. That's actually what being born again is. The rest of you still needs to catch up, right? So your spirit man is important. And then the area of the soul is important. I have people, I remember in the early days, you know, they they used to say imagination is of the devil. No, imagination is God-given. If you give it over to the flesh and and you allow thinking to shape your imagination, then it's going to be terrible. But if you 
Take your faith and with your faith paint upon the canvas of your imagination the pictures of God. Let me tell you, that is, that is, that is what God wants for you. So we have the spirit, we have the soul, and then, of course, we have the body. How, does, how do we hear the Bible speaking? How do we hear God expressing his love? He, you'll hear God saying, I will love you even if you don't love me. Or I will love you even if you don't do anything for me. Or I will love you even when you are unlovable. When nobody else wants to love you. I will still love you. And yes, I will love you when it costs me everything. Right? So let's have a look at agape, the God kind of love. And I wanted to say this, that without the God kind of love. Without. With the God kind of love. Look at what we've built. We've built a beautiful thing with the agape love. That agape love that is real, fresh, and flourishing, and flowing in your heart, and feeding all the other kinds of love, you will build phenomenal marriages. You will build a phenomenal church. You will build a phenomenal business. You will build phenomenal families that will carry on the agape love on to the next generation and the next generation. If our government could get agape love, my goodness, this whole country would turn around. So agape, with agape love we build, right? Without agape love, we take something that is built and we tear it down. What is wars? Wars is because there's no love. Wars destroy. Hatred is no love, and hatred destroys. So without agape love, we take something and we make nothing out of it. But with agape love, you can take nothing and you can start making something because that is, that is the nature of agape love. That's the nature of agape love. Hallelujah. If you look at Apostle Theo, how he's a builder, building relationships, building people. Why? Because of the agape love that flows in his heart. I don't know of any other preacher, I don't know of any other man of God that flows in the agape love, the God kind of love, that, like Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev. Can I get an amen? So the agape love, here's the thing. It's not a reservoir. It's not something that can be stored or something that can be banked. The agape love, the God kind of love, works on an ebb and a flow. A receiving and a giving. As I receive this love and it's made real to me, and it's revealed in my heart of hearts to my spirit man, as I receive the agape love of God, hallelujah, I'm able to give it out. Come on now in this place. Hallelujah. You know, there's a scripture that I've just been meditating on, and it's so powerful in Romans 5 and 5, in the Passion Translation. In the Passion Translation, it says, and this hope, this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Family, I want to tell you, what we are doing, this that we are doing, church, and all that goes to church, is not a disappointing fantasy. This that we are doing, serving in the house, hallelujah. This that we are doing, raising up people, putting in them on growth track and next steps and developing people is not a disappointing fantasy. Look, because we can now, we can now experience the endless love of God cascading, 
cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So you say, Pastor, actually, what is the agape love then? Actually, simply, the agape love is simply loving like Jesus. He was the living, walking, talking expression of the love of God. You say, well, how do we do this? Great, sounds great in theory. How do we do this? Simple, by actively allowing Jesus to love through us. Just by actively allowing Jesus to love through us. Come on, that love has got to be real, man. We sit and we just imbibe that love. It comes to us. And that love is available to everyone, every one of you. Don't let the devil say, no, it's not for you. You're too bad. You're too this. You're too that. The love of God, remember I said, is unconditional. Unconditional. And we are simply vessels. That's what we are, vessels of clay that pour out what God pours in. That's how it is. Whatever God pours in, we pour it out. That's why it's important if you're helping cars park, make sure that there's love that you're pouring out. Yeah, you are doing a job, and we are ordered, and we are disciplined. But, hey, if there's no love, that's not going to produce fruit. It's not going to touch lives. We want people from the moment they park in the car park to already come face to face with Jesus Christ. They don't have to come here, and it's great. But in the car park, the presence of Jesus can be so real. The love of Jesus can be so real. Why? Because we are vessels that pour out what God has poured in. And here's my last statement. I want you to know that God's love for you is a personal love. We speak about a general God. God is everywhere. Oh, yes. Yeah, He's everywhere. He's everywhere. But He's also a personal God. And He has directed His love personally. It has your name, your fingerprints, your ID number, your voice print. And that love comes to you. Here's the thing about the love of God. Whether you believe it or not, it comes to you. Whether you feel like it or not, it comes to you. Unreciprocated love goes nowhere and does nothing for mankind. If it did, it would have already changed the whole wide world. But the love of God has to be reciprocated. In other words, my question to you this morning is, what are you going to do with this love that comes to you? As human beings, we've been wired to be loved. We want to be loved. I don't know about anybody that woke up this morning and, and thought, I hope somebody doesn't love me today. I hope somebody curses. I hope somebody, you know, really just shows his intense dislike for me. No, you didn't wake up with that. We want to be loved. Where does that come from? It comes from the heart of God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.